We are podcasting today in the light of the full moon. Tons of witchcraft books and like a Ouija board in her house, but so do you. I understand it, but I also hate it. I want to know the answer. There isn't one. Sorry. Let's speculate wildly, baby. You might be interested in our podcast, Drinking the Kool-Aid. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Keep your front door locked. Keep your mind open. And And keep keep drinking the Kool-Aid. Welcome back, creeps. Hey, y'all. Did you miss us? missed you yeah we had to take last week off it actually wasn't because of the holidays we just got too busy we had too much shit going on helping out friends and and then thanksgiving just messed us up yeah well in that case it was technically for the holidays (laughs) yeah i guess because the holidays were upon us Yeah, yeah we we didn't take it off to relax we took it off because the holidays happened to us <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty much um but we're back for people in the attic part two i am so excited about this good patron of the week this week is Cherie. oh cool I, th- I hope that's how you pronounce it i think that's how you pronounce it i think that's how gambit pronounces it what's a gambit gambit from x-men okay he calls everyone Cherie. oh my Cherie. No? Okay. Anyways, <laughs> uh, before we start, I know my sister's listening. Oh, yeah. Because she's an avid listener and she's always on about me. She's always on to me, I guess, telling me to ask and say and comment re- relevant information to Not the story. Right. But sometimes that's just how my brain works. I mean, I know I don't have to say it. Yeah. But it's just a thing I do. That's cool. This week I learned uh, that ham bone is an insult. Yeah. I was talking to an 86-year-old man who wasn't impressed with the uh, the service he was getting. And he said, some ham bone just keeps coming out here. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> trying my best not to laugh at him. <laughs> I like, I know times are... Times were different. Yeah. I guess that's just a way of saying bonehead. Yeah, maybe that's where bonehead came from. I don't fucking know. It was hilarious. Uh, in my head, ham I was like, bone. how does one act like a ham bone? Yeah. And the, <laughs> like the effort that went into it as yeah. well. It was really like he worked at that word. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's it. Uh, otherwise, people at the gym who listen have been trying to convert me to get to christianity no way <laughs> yeah it's a joke now oh like my god multiple different people oh it's a joke like, yeah, oh, yeah. i thought they're literally trying to no, save no, no. your soul like now multiple people have come up to me and being like uh the power of christ compels you not not even like have you heard the good the good word ah! that kind of thing <laughs> like, i love that that's funny <laughs> what it shows people are listening so, yeah, yeah yeah i appreciate that thanks guys <laughs> um but no i don't want to join it <laughs> anyway <laughs> no thank you no thank you right i think that's all the announcements oh also it's christmas 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 fucking love christmas 
Can't believe it's the third of December already. Is it? Oh yeah, it's it the is. Third. I I've I, been writing it all day. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me. My mom didn't get me an advent calendar. Oh hell no! Wait, didn't she just, like put something in the family group? Yeah, and then I realized, oh wait, this wasn't a joke. Oh. She actually didn't get me an advent calendar. Oh. She must not have gotten one for cleaning roshin. She better not have gotten one for cleaning roshin. Okay. Not gotten me one. Oh. Fucking fuming now. You're so sweet. Now what am I going to open up every morning to remind me that Christmas season is upon us? I'm bringing you one tomorrow. That's the same. <laughs> it's not for my mom. <laughs> That's so sad. I, I forgot all about it until I was like telling a customer today that it was the 3rd of December. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Pulled a Dwight Schrute, just like, Shut up. <laughs> we didn't grow up with advent calendars. I didn't know what they were until I got older. You just didn't have the joy of Christmas. Actually, you know what? I didn't think I, I didn't know. Yeah, I guess not. Uh, <laughs> we didn't we didn't have them. And I only actually only a couple of years ago. Very. I'd say I say recently um, knew what the hell they were. It wasn't. And I didn't get my first one until your mom gave me one. Yeah. Mom, yeah. the giver of advent calendars, except yeah. for 2021. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, Christmas is. We're generally about uh, the adults, and then at midnight because that's how we uh, celebrate oh, yeah. Christmas. I don't like that at then, all. And then at midnight was it for the kids, but only then was it for the kids. No, not into that at all. But yeah, I guess we just got a lot more going on this year. We do. So I feel like we're gonna have actual Christmas in January. I'm economy. yeah. I'm excited about us going home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also excited about this year coming up because I feel like it's going to be a really prosperous one for us. Should be. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, to pick up where we left off, little Ashley had ushered her mom into the restroom so she could tell her who had really caused the fire that had almost completely destroyed their house the night before. The house that had seemed to fight them tooth and nail for the three or four years that they had been living in it. Daddy didn't start the fire, Ashley told Doretta. It was Billy Joel. you're so dumb (laughs) of course he didn't honey it was an accident that's all I'm not mad at daddy and I'm not going to send him away I'm not angry at Billy Joel (laughs) a little pissed at Billy Joel very pissed (laughs) again Doretta was just thinking that Ashley was worried that her dad would get kicked out again after him only moving back in like a few days beforehand yeah No, mommy, the people in the attic did it. They're mad and they're going to burn the house down. Ashley, there's no one in the attic. Uh, There are ghosts up there. uh, Tears are welling up in Ashley's eyes now. There are no such things as ghosts. Doretta snapped. Ashley's tears started to come now. Yes, there are. They live in our attic. There's a little girl who doesn't have a mommy or a home of her own and a mean old man. He's the one who set the fire. He's mad at us. He set the bedroom on fire. Now, I feel so bad for Ashley because Doretta really has no time for ghosts, like, at all. She's like, no, doesn't, they don't exist. It's, well, they it's take like, up too much time. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, what does that even mean? She doesn't have time for ghosts. But she, just, she doesn't believe in any of this shit. Oh, I see. And she just brushes it off. But Ashley must be so frustrated. And when Doretta tells Ron, he just laughs it off saying, well, like, she's always been a creative kid. And still, they just think 
we have been having the world's longest streak of bad luck. That's yeah. all. That's actual, like, a quote from the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's legitimately what they're thinking. Okay. Psychos. Thankfully, Doretta and Ron had house insurance, and so the fire damage was all going to be paid for, which I think I mentioned in the last episode, but they were able to hand... They were able to just hand everything over to contractors and not have to do everything themselves this time. Oh, like, that's good. Yeah, it's great. But this didn't stop the house from like rejecting their efforts. Lighting itself on fire. <laughs> Almost, yeah. So it just meant now that all these poor contractors were just having a fucking awful time. Like, again, the paint was just blistering and bubbling off the walls. So now it was just the painter's fault. And the red just kind of laughed at them. She's like, ah, yeah. He'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> and the strangeness didn't stop with just hassling honest tradesmen either. Other activity was going on and it was getting more creative. Doretta and Ron came home one evening and a painter said, Oh, hey, some chick from your work called. Said her name was Crowley. The fuck? And she wants you to call her back. Now, I know that it's Crowley, but Ozzy Osbourne has pronounced it. Mr. Crowley. So, so obviously it's Crow Crowley from now on. Yeah. Anyway, this hit a nerve with Doretta because she had had suspicions about this Crowley lady. Yeah. Not that long ago, like before Ron got kicked out, like she kind of thought he might have been having a thing with her. Oh. And Ron was like, hey, she left the department. We don't even work together anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then they come home and this painter's like, oh, hey, this chick called Crowley. Called. Mm -mm. So Ron is like, I feel so bad for him now. <laughs> like he might have been in this situation. But he tells the red, he's like, no, come on, we'll phone back work and see what it is. So, the, again, they didn't have speakerphone then. So they're each like holding the phone between them <laughs> as Ron calls back. They call, the, they call his work number back and he asks who would call them. And his friend, Bill Crowley, came to the phone. Mm. A deep voiced man, like a particularly deep voiced man. Like you when you do deep voices. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but... uh he said that he had left a message with the painter. And so Ron was like, hey, well, what the fuck? Like to the painter. And the painter assured Ron that he had spoken to a woman. Oh. Right. So just strange, like weird. odd little things. Yeah. But it's like intelligently weird. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like it's like um, it's like poking at a wasp nest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know. With time, they're all going to come out and attack. All, you know. At the what? Doretta, you mean? No. Never mind. That was okay. a bad analogy. Okay, <laughs> okay I'll shut up, Vanessa. <laughs> the power of editing. <laughs> One day when Doretta was leaving the grocery store with Ashley, a nice day, blue skies and all that, as they were driving down the road back towards the house, their car was hit from above with a, quote, gush of water the fuck right so hard that the redder thought the windshield was just gonna smash Oof. and she slammed on the brakes and like skidded to a halt and just like that it stopped so and everywhere else was dry everywhere else was dry there were other people on the road that had seen this random fucking rain waterfall thing and they were dry too they were all bone dry what the fuck? Yeah, and she was like, everybody was just staring at her. Yeah. So she just got the fuck out of there. Like, Yeah. But when she made it home then after that, after this cloud dump, they found that every single thing that had been plugged in in the house was now completely broken. What? Right, nothing worked. 
the washer and the dryer had black arc marks on them. So like obviously they're close together. Uh-huh. And so it looked like electricity had been like burning. You know, like the arc marks are the only thing I can think to call it. But like where electricity leaves something. Okay. It's blackened. Oh, you know what I mean? I didn't know that. Okay. Okay. So that's where all along the sides of the washer and dryer, it looked like they were a circuit almost. You know what I mean? Okay. So, and is that, you know, because you have a background in that, is that possible for like all your things in your house to just. So they called the insurance company and they were like, hey, something fucking happened here. I don't know what. Mm-hmm. And the insurance guy comes out to assess the damage and he was like, ah, lightning strike. Has to have been. It was a perfectly clear day. Well, yeah, just like you just said. Yeah. Everything was bone dry. Everything and everyone. No lightning around. He said, freak lightning strike. So a freak (laughs) rainfall, waterfall thing and a freak lightning strike within. Could have happened at the same time. Mm -hmm. But one after another. Then on Friday the 13th, Mm -hmm. September 1991. Ashley's having a sleepover at her friend's house. Ron is working late. And so Doretta decides to rent a tape so that her and Stephen can have a nice evening of pizza and postcards from the edge. The 1990 American comedy drama film directed by Mike Nichols. Screenplay by Carrie Fisher is based on her 1987 semi-autobiographical novel of the same title. The film stars Meryl Streep, Shirley MacLaine and Dennis Quaid. So this is a story about Carrie Fisher as she has Meryl Streep playing her? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Interesting. What was it called? Postcards? What? Post uh, Postcards from the Edge. It's something to do about like a girl going to rehab or something like that. Oh, interesting. I yeah. have no idea. Could be pretty good. Stephen didn't think it was great. Oh. So he gets bored when he finishes his pizza and announces to Doretta, I'm going to go shave. Which is a totally normal thing to do once you finish eating pizza. I don't know. Maybe he like meant to go maybe he actually want to go take a shit but because for the book he was like oh, i'm gonna go shave maybe but he left the bathroom door open so <laughs> never mind yeah so... <laughs> i retract that statement <laughs> who no. shits with the door open yeah exactly so he actually was shaving apparently mm. and left the bathroom door open a little bit which is no weirder to me but anyway Doretta is flaked out on the living room floor she has like cushions all around her oh nice yeah she's just feeling it yeah so she's watching the movie when she hears a low rumbling sound like a growl seeming to come from like nowhere in particular it goes away and she just brushes it off then about 10 minutes later she hears it again she pauses the tape and rewinds it to see if like it's just a dodgy tape or something but no and then steven comes back in after his shave (laughs) and she asks if as if he's doing something (laughs) like deviant and she asks if he could be if he could have been making the noise and he says it wasn't him so whatever steven sits down and they get comfy watching the movie again when suddenly there is a roar so loud that the vases on the coffee table are vibrating and it's coming from beneath the floor whoa in the crawl space they run Oh, yeah, because, I mean, if I probably, you know what? It probably feels like that scene in Jurassic Park where the T-Rex is coming. Yeah, it's that, like, uh, 
little side note last night we were watching slap ham slam ham slam ham uh and it was like i guess it was supposed to be a bigfoot video and this dude is out like filming mushrooms as you do and he hears what oh, sounds like a bigfoot yeah. roaring in the background oh Man, yeah pork chop and max were asleep they did not like this sound. Mm. Something like reacted in them. Yeah, some sort of primal thing. Yeah. So I'm assuming something similar happened with Steve and Loretta. Yeah, they were on alert. Porkchop's ears went back and yeah. everything. She did not like that sound. So anyway, they run and they jump into Loretta's car and they drove and they drove half a mile down the road and they pulled over and the two of them got out of the car to vomit. What the fuck? Because like you know, like when the adrenaline must have just been running through them, literally. Mm-hmm. Like, adre- adrenaline does fucked up shit to people anyway. Really? But yeah, like, I guess by the time they felt like they were safe, the fright just got to them, and they were both physically ill. Whoa. But that's how scared they were by this fucking noise. Oh, it must have burned coming out, because after some pizza, dude. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, they get to a convenience store, and they call Ron's work. Mm-hmm. He had already left. So they waited and they managed to flag him down and tell him what had happened. And thankfully, Stephen was there, too, because like now Doretta had someone to back up like the story. Yeah. And Ron could see that they were both clearly like fucked up by what had happened. So uh-huh. he said, right, let's go back. We'll grab some clothes and head over to Louisville or Louisville and spend the night with Ron's mom. OK. Ron's mom who didn't know about all the strange goings on at the house because even though they didn't believe in ghosts, they still didn't want other people thinking that they had ghost issues, I guess. Like, they just didn't want people thinking they were going nuts. That's interesting. Yeah. So that night, while sleeping in Ron's mom's house, in mom's Ron's house, (laughs) Doretta has a strange dream. Now, normally, because she can go off on a bit, like, quite long tangents about other things and stuff and i was like oh here we go but it comes back so just remember this okay okay i dreamed i left here last night in my nightgown and went to our house she's telling ron just kind of flew there i walked through the house it was dark i walked into the laundry room and the letters ck were painted on the wall i went out the back door and into the yard there was a tent with lights around it like a carnival. A man was standing there holding some snakes. I thought, I've got to help him. But he extended his arms and the snakes were coiled around them. He was a snake charmer or something. He had control of them. Mm-hmm. Ron said, yeah, weird. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Typical. Yeah. So 10 points if anybody recognizes the CK reference. So... Of course, Ron's mom the next day tells them, oh, it's just an animal that's after getting into your crawl space. You're overreacting. Don't worry about it. I'll pay for the exterminator. Simple problems have simple solutions. Okay. Other people were more open-minded, though. Mara Lee, who had gone to the house once, fucked around with the Ouija board and vowed never to return. Doretta's friend, Kelly, who was gradually getting more and more creeped out by the house just because it gave her the willies. And I'm pretty sure by now she was just flat out refusing to bring her kids there. Is that the lady, the Ouija board? Is that where you got the letters from? Yeah, so when Marilee, when they took out the Ouija board, 
That's what it said. It told them CK. I think twice it said CK. Mm. And that was it. But anyway, so Doretta's friend Kelly also like is just refusing to bring her kids to the house. And like Kelly and Doretta are friends. But I think it's more so because Ashley and Kelly's kids are mm-hmm. best friends. So like they have play dates and shit. Yeah. But now it's only Ashley going to Kelly's yeah. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Which I mean fucking win for Ashley. So like question is did the mom respond this way after she told her the dream? She was like, Oh, okay, you must have animals in your attic. No, she was just responding to the noise from the night before. She told her everything. Yeah, that is why they were staying there. Like they showed up to the oh, mom's they, house at oh, like okay. half one in the morning, being like something screamed at us from under the floor. Oh, okay, no, because I because remember you were like, well, they didn't want to tell everybody. Oh, yeah, but they did tell her. Oh, okay, the night so before. she knows. And okay, she, yeah, but she also doesn't believe it. Okay, cool. I guess they probably told her some watered down. Oh yeah, probably like, version of what yeah, was yeah, actually yeah. going on. But yeah, anyway, so Marilee and Doretta hated the house. And also Doretta's other sister, Nancy, who I didn't talk about in the last episode, but she had actually lived in the house with Doretta and Ron for a few weeks, maybe even a few months. Mm. But she had spent time in and out of different facilities to help her get off whatever drugs or whatever she was on. Mm. And Doretta didn't want to see Nancy's kids taken off of her and wanted to help her get back up on her feet. So she was like, hey, come live with us for a little while. Oh, that was nice. Yeah, so Nancy is, by the sounds of things, cut out of the same cloth as Doretta's mother. Okay. Right? Oh, Remember, Doretta's yeah, mother was problems. very abusive, alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it seems like Nancy is just an exact copy of her. Mm-hmm. So I didn't go into it because it, it, it did get quite detailed. But anyway, Nancy's kids fucking hated the place. They were having awful nightmares every night. And one of them even woke up Doretta one night and said... Um, that she had seen an old woman standing at the end of Ashley's bed, right? Whoa. So eventually, Nancy fell back into her old habits and it all came to a head one night with Doretta losing her shit. Kelly was also friends with Nancy and she was kind of enabling. So like she would go over there and spend nights with random men and shit in Kelly's house and all this stuff. Either way, she moved back to Louisville, but they ended up still keeping in touch. Mm -hmm. I think Nancy saw what was happening in the house and felt bad for Doretta. So it was kind of a good, you know, positive out of a negative. Anyway, all this to say, she told Doretta that she was going to try and find someone to help get her house sorted. Okay. So she is on the up and up. She's like, I know what's going on. I don't know if she's on the up and up, but she knows what's going on and she's going to try and help her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because currently she just handed her kids over to their dads and like shacked up with some other dude in Louisville. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, that's why I wasn't going into it because there's so much (laughs) Because it's a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like a lot. So when they got home the next day after the growling incident, they found the letters CK painted on the wall of the laundry room. Just like in the reddest dream. Oh, shit. This seemed to be what pushed her to seek some sort of outside help. Mm-hmm. And so she moseyed on over to the local Catholic priest, Father Jeff. And in fairness to the priest, even though Doretta told him she was not a churchgoer or anything like that, mm-hmm. he just said, well, you're here now. And that's all that matters. Which that's what a priest is supposed to do. Right. 
Or, yeah. You know? Anyway, she described what had been going on and he asked some questions. One of which being, have you noticed any drops in temperature? And Doretta says, yes. Actually, Ashley's room is always around 20 degrees colder than the rest of the house. Mm. And sometimes there's a really nice smell of flowers. Interesting. Yeah. Father Jeff asks if he could bless the house. And she's like, yeah, cool. But he was like, no, I mean, like right now, like get your coat. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he grabs his little priest buddy, Father John, and they follow Doretta back to the house. And as soon as they got inside, they both started noticeably sweating, like visibly, like their faces went red and sweat was just rolling down their faces. Weird. Yeah, like as if someone just hit a switch when they crossed into yeah, the yeah. boundary of the house. Turned into faucets, yeah. Yeah. Um, probably didn't help that I'm picturing them in like thick woolen jumpers oh, and yeah. like black shirts with the, you know, yeah. the whole priest get up, probably woolen trousers. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be itchy, man. <laughs> That's their penance. <laughs> but as they made their way through the house to the sunroom, Father John slowly turned to face the Reddit and said, My God, who died here? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? I don't know. It was a Did bit his buddy let one out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But nobody, as far as the Reddit was aware, died in there. Had died there, yeah. Uh-huh. So... They said the place definitely had a heavy, oppressive feeling to it. And as they performed their final blessing ritual in the kitchen, an unlit candle in a hanger by the window began to melt and become distorted. Right. As if it was lighting. Weird. Yeah. But the matching one in the opposite hanger was was chill. Yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah, that was fucking weird. The back door started rattling like someone was trying to get in. Uh-huh. And then eventually it did open and slammed shut. Whoa. Three times. Whoa. And the priests, clearly shitting themselves, yeah. asked, is that the wind? Oh, come on. It, it was not. It, it wasn't the wind. Yeah. It was a lovely day. <laughs> it was a beautiful day. Yeah. Gorgeous, yeah. even. <laughs> <laughs> the priests assured the Reddit that her and her family were safe. They were like, look, nothing like physically bad is going to happen to you. But they asked that she goes and finds the, the the history of the area and the house in particular, which I've always wondered about, like, you know, because you always hear like, well, I did research on my house and I found that, you know, such and such a person died or whatever. Yeah. So she goes to uh, I can't remember if it was the library or a different like public building in the local town and they I think have they're called all, annexes right i think that's just a type of build that's like for like when you have too much shit in one building it's like oh the this is the annex oh like storage yeah basically oh well i mean it might be it might be i don't fucking know but anyway they have like the map and the title deeds of property maybe this is like really common knowledge and i sound really dumb yeah i don't know shit about this either yeah. i don't research my own house <laughs> yeah me neither and i don't want to either just in case but oh no i'm <laughs> researching <laughs> we're going to um, oh yeah God when we damn get it. our own yeah, yeah yes but anyway so it has like a list of everybody who's owned the family or the the land since uh-huh. it was stolen from the native americans and then, like, it'll show how it was parceled up and whose will it was left in. All oh. this, like, really interesting. And they did actually find... Or, sorry, they found that the house was supposed to be built on a family gravesite. Oh, wow. Like, the original, I guess, white family who 
inherited the land for whatever raping and pillaging they had done. So they were like, oh, well, this must be it. Like, you know what I mean? The house is buried on graves. That's the answer right there. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Ron didn't believe her. He went down, checked it out himself and was like, oh, my God, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> oh, my God, Ron. <laughs> but, We've been through this, Ron. Yeah. But they actually stumbled upon the graves by mere chance while out like just walking around the property one day yeah and like say the actual lot was supposed to be 10 acres and their house only took up two or something you know what i mean uh-huh. and it was actually parked off in a different corner so the gravesite ended up being slightly further away than where the actual house was buried oh or sorry built oh. <laughs> now there's a buried house yeah Okay, so it probably wasn't the graves. Yeah, so that like knocked or that maybe theory on not. the head. No, okay. it wasn't because when they stumbled upon the graves, they literally had the the family's names. Oh, I see. And all of them. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. All so, accounted for. All accounted for. Because even as I was reading it, I was like, oh, that's it. That's got to be it. Yeah, but, yeah. No. So, and again, I'm sorry that I'm, I feel like I'm pissing through this, but. No, no, it's, no. It's a, it's a juicy story. No, and you're good. I also want to try and make it only three parts. So. Oh, shit. Are we on part three? No, this is part two. Oh. So last week we mentioned briefly that the Retta had seen a weird half man shadow. And she had seen the little girl that almost re- resembled Ashley in the doorway when there was only her and Ron in the house having a good old fashioned rumpy pumpy session. But there had also been the brief image of the woman floating face down in the bathtub. Oh, yeah, I remember, remember that. All that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and so then the weird half-man shadow is just like the head and shoulders of a man and kind of a torso. Okay, but no legs. floats around. Sometimes it has legs, but more often than not, it's just the top half, right? Oh. It's weird, but that's the most like persistent one. Yeah, you didn't mention that sometimes you just see legs, right? I don't think I did. I think that kind of came out afterwards okay but yeah because i actually only found that out but this the saturday morning after the priest blessed the house uh-huh doretta woke up and saw a man standing in the living room door wearing old-fashioned clothes mm-hmm. bow tie and coat oh, okay and this time she actually had time to wake up ron and point to the man and say there's someone in the fucking door yeah and ron turned around and was looking at the door and was like the fuck are you talking about the like go back to sleep he didn't see it he couldn't see it so she, only the oh. reddit could see it and she still had time even to describe him to ron and then eventually he just disappeared vanished. yeah so not wow. long after this incident uh-huh steven saw the shadow and the shadow scared the shit out of him mm-hmm. like naturally right he described it as a kind of a dark blob with a head and arms but Ashley told him, it's the old man. And, Matter of fact. Yeah. And he's always around. He doesn't like us. Like, get over it, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, catch yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this was finally some sort of validation, though. Like, because now Doretta knew she wasn't the only one seeing these things. Like, they kind of, like, I guess they just weren't taking Ashley's word anyway. Because she, like, oh, she's just a kid. Yeah. But the fact that Stephen saw it. Ashley backed him up on it and corrected him on it. Yeah. <laughs> and so now, like, finally, she has... This is kind of coming together for her. She's starting to feel a little bit better about it. How interesting that her validation didn't lie on Ashley. Ashley's testimonies alone. 
But she is still a baby. Well, I mean, like, but she's if you're four saying the same things, yeah, you feel me. But even at that, I don't know that Ashley necessarily came out and said, oh. "I'm seeing this dark blob," mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Anyway, she also came to the realization that she was having two very different kinds of experiences, Doretta, mm-hmm. like with these visions or sightings or whatever. The fully developed, in color, perfectly detailed people that she was seeing mm-hmm. were just like holograms from a different time okay whereas the old man shadow was maybe not interactive but intelligent and he carried like feelings of dread and she just instinctively knew that it was a man even Mm. before actually yeah yeah like it carried an energy with it doretta felt he was actually to blame for all of the negative energy within the house but in other words it seemed to be an intelligent entity whereas the others were more residual okay but then she would have experiences like this next one. Oh, you're about to flip the script on me? Kind of. This one is like... Anyway. Layered. While in the shower one evening, with Ron keeping guard on the toilet because the bathroom was spooky, she closes her eyes. <laughs> hey, that's awesome <laughs> to hear though, because I do the same shit. I was waiting for that. <laughs> After a scary movie or anything, I was like, will you take me to the toilet? <laughs> He actually holds my hand. Baby. While I'm sitting on the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, she closes her eyes in the shower and like lets the water run over her face. When suddenly she's overcome with the smell of death and decay. She opens her eyes and the ceiling is gone. She's looking up at a translucent sky that went on forever. She puts out a hand to steady herself and the wall feels like damp earth. Like she can feel the roots coming out of the earth. She's in a grave (gasps) looking back up at the sky. Then the bottom of the grave opens like a bottomless pit with these talon-like hands reaching up to pull her in. What? She has her feet pressed against the sides of the tub trying to save herself. Yeah. When Ron grabs her and pulls her out. And then she's in the bathroom again. That's wild. What did Ron say? He didn't see anything. Well, like, yeah. Nothing changed vis- visibly for him. But obviously he heard her struggles. Oh. I don't know if she was screaming or anything, but even like just trying to steady herself. In the yeah, bath. yeah, yeah. But when they looked at her feet, they were dripping blood. What? And they had deep gouges in them. Whoa. From where these things had been reaching mm-hmm. up. So the only thing in the tub was a bar of soap and a washcloth. No explanation. Even no Ron talent. couldn't mansplain him a fucking excuse this time, <laughs> like. and the next morning the wounds were gone just like uh just like everything but yeah, yeah like steven's uh bruises and mm-hmm. stuff before. that's what it is yeah and like she had blisters all over her body at one point yeah so now it's time for a list of we're gonna call them annoyances nuisances yeah nuisances that happen i think mostly in between the priest's or yeah, yeah, mostly since the priests had like gone and blessed the house, or at least these things had gotten worse since the priests had blessed the oh, house. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So like again that weird painter call or that weird call that the painter answered. Mm. Ashley's room being cold, obviously, but it was always getting messed up right after they would tidy it. And like Doretta seems like a really doting mom. And she would go in, like, arrange her stuffed animals and all, and then come back and it'd be a fucking mess. Mm. And she'd be like, well, it can't be, actually. She's outside playing. Yeah. 
the random rainstorm and lightning strike. The reddest seatbelt in her car smacked her in the face one day. What the To the fuck? point where, like, you know when you get hit in the face, sometimes, like, naturally, like, just tears come to your eyes, like, if it's strong enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, it hurt. And she was, like, trying to hide it from Ashley, who was sitting next to her. Mm-hmm. Footsteps all over the house. The sounds of popcorn being made in the kitchen. Bizarre. Cups and plates being stacked. That is a nuisance, though, because you hear the popcorn and your you're getting ready for the popcorn, yeah. but there's never popcorn. There's no popcorn. Cups and plates being stacked, appliances being moved around, wall hangings falling, a chalkboard actually hit the Reddit in the face when she went to pick up the phone one day. This thing is so violent. It's insane. Doors slamming, lights still turning on and off and exploding in their sockets. Paint, cleaning fluids and soap spilled all over the laundry room floor on separate occasions. Writing in the condensation on the bathroom mirror. And my personal favorite... Random little bows found tied to Ashley's bed, chair, lamps, and the toys in her room. That's terrifying. That's the scariest thing <laughs> I think I've ever fucking heard. I think it's because they're so normal. Yeah. And, and not... Delicate. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it takes yeah. time to tie a bow. Yeah. Um, fucking detergent all over the floor. Oh, fucking nightmare. The that, paint. The fuck... That's so dangerous. That shit is slippery. <laughs> yeah. So Nancy got back in touch with Doretta and said, hey, there's this psychic medium dude. I found him in the yellow pages. Mm -hmm. Jordan Pitkoff is his name. He's in Louisville. And when I called him, he kind of described the family situation and seemed legit. He was like, oh, your sister has two kids and whatever. Interesting. Yeah. No. Stab in the dark, maybe. Whatever. Doretta's very skeptical in general. And she's rightfully weary of this, like, phone book fortune teller. All those hits in the face, maybe. Well, yeah. But either she's way. She's not thinking straight. <laughs> yeah. But what she did was call the University of Louisville psychology department. What? And asked for their opinion. She's like, look. Whoa. This shit is happening in my house. Is this a real thing or am I just crazy? And the first guy did kind of laugh her off a little bit, but he was like... Oh, we actually have a fucking department for that. I guess parapsychology department. Yeah. So go I'm picturing... See, go see Mulder. His name is Mulder. <laughs> I was picturing Dan Aykroyd and the guys. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so she gets put through to this next guy and he wholeheartedly believed, like, this was obviously his life's work. Like, yeah, yeah. amazing. Like, a legit ghostbuster. Like. Oh. But he was honest with her and he was like, we would love to. But we would never get the funding for this, you know, to actually go through with it. Mm. So I'm sorry, basically. Go through with what exactly? What Come out she... and investigate the house oh, and okay. help her. Like, mm-hmm. um, But she did ask him if she knew, if he knew of Jordan Pitkoff. And all he said was, yes, I'm aware of him. And he does work with this type of thing. So Jordan Pitkoff is the medium. Yeah, I remember. He didn't give a good or a bad review, but the fact that he knew the man's name was kind of enough to convince Doretta to go ahead and just make the appointment and see. Ron wasn't too happy. It was a 60-mile drive back to Louisville to meet this possible charlatan who was going to charge per session, but he went along with it. And Jordan seemed normal enough. He definitely seemed to know a good bit about what they had been going through and all. 
but I don't know how much Nancy had actually told him. You know, mm. presumably not a whole lot, but you know, who knows? He did tell Doretta that she had psychic abilities and she was offended and felt like he was actually blaming her for everything. You know, that's just how she took it. But he wasn't really, he was just saying like putting someone with this ability in a house like this was kind of like dropping a Mento in a Diet Coke. Drop Mentos. Mentos? I thought Mentos was like multiple Mento. No. Are Isn't you that the plural of Mento? Are you pulling my chain? No. No, Mentos is... I don't believe you. Kind of like fish is... Fish and fish. Mentos is... That's crazy. I thought it was Mento. Multiple Mentos. No. Well, I'm at the egg on my face. <laughs> just <laughs> that like... just ruined my beautiful writing. I was really <laughs> proud of that. I was like... Yeah. I came up with that. Damn it. <laughs> just like fish. It's one fish or several. It's just fish. Or sheep. Okay, well. Yeah. Or octopus. Oh, no, wait, no, it's not octopuses. That's a... Either one is correct. Anyway, it would definitely explain why she was the only one having such vivid and horrific experiences. And if this psychic ability really is hereditary, like so many people claim, it also makes perfect sense that Ashley was having her own experiences. Oh. Because not only was it Doretta and Ashley having these experiences... Although we don't know much about Doretta's mom, other than she had a terrible addiction, we do know that her grandmother, who was most who mostly raised Doretta, was known locally as a witch. Really? Yeah. But she was an extremely religious old, uh, I want to say Russian or Ukrainian lady. And I'm pretty sure most people were afraid of her and certainly never actually called her a witch to her face. But they would bring their sick children to her for like home remedies and shit like that. And she would always just know what to do. Interesting. Yeah. And more than that, on one occasion, Nancy, the sister, she had fucked off with a boyfriend or something. I can't remember the exact story. But either way, she disappeared and was missing. So Granny tells Grandad, get in the car. We're driving. And she directs him for like 40 minutes to this random house that neither of them had ever been to before. Gets out of the car. Knocks on the front door. There's Nancy. Whoa. Yeah, you know what I mean? And as well, like, I think the more Doretta, once this Jordan guy told her she had these abilities, the more she thought about it, she was like, okay, because I do remember having this extremely vivid, somewhat prophetic dream of, like, her family members and how they would die when she was a child. Like, not her immediate family, but, like, it was right after her mom had died. Her mom came to like visit her in a dream and she was just upset and sad because she thought like, oh, I miss my mom, even though she was horrible to her. But in the dream, she actually saw one of her cousins lying on the bed and he had like a really bad stomach problem. And like within the year, he was dead from some stomach problem and he was young. You know what I mean? Yeah. So either way, I I think her granny just kind of said, yeah, that's going to happen. Never spoke about it again. Like, you know, it wasn't something to talk about because it was the devil is the opinion that i got (laughs) is is the feeling that i got Mm -hmm. so she had just suppressed it along with everything else that had happened there as a child but jordan introduced her to a friend who was very much like doretta like she had been living in this kind of haunted house and she thought she was going crazy and her husband wouldn't believe any of it but 
Jordan helped her and now they work together. Jordan realized that she had these abilities too. So I think that helped Doretta kind of feel a bit more normal. And then they arranged for Jordan and Terry, the friend, to come visit the house the following week. And Jordan gave them a list of instructions. He said, every night, the family is to gather together in a circle, hold hands, say the Our Father, and envision a blue light encircling the house. This would be a protective barrier that would stop the spirits from getting in. So that's a pretty basic, usual thing, right? Mm -hmm. This didn't prevent anything, however. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I actually had made two lists of nuisances or annoyances. Okay. Pre-Jordan and post-Jordan. Uh-oh. So I've already given you the pre-Jordan list. Now it's time for the post-Jordan list. Even as they were gathered around saying their prayers and all, doors would just start slamming. Weird. Cold spots would drift around them. Smells would come up from beneath the house so bad that they would all feel physically ill. They heard dogs barking, cats howling, sobbing, screaming, singing, laughing, heavy breathing, the sound of someone using a respirator, Ashley's room, constantly cold as usual, window panes shattered. Not whole windows, just the individual panes in their panels. Water and sewer pipes broke. Drywall was punched through from the inside, right? As if someone just exploded it what? with a fist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so punching is. <laughs> yeah. But like from that little two inch gap, the cars started acting like little rolling haunted houses and the air in the house became charged with electricity. Now, she had mentioned before, and I loved how she described the feeling of when activity was picking up. Like, I think she said something along the lines that she felt like an antenna receiving a signal. Mm-hmm. So that's how she described it before. But now she's saying that, like, as if that signal has gotten so much stronger and the electrical charge usually came before some sort of activity with the bangs, footsteps or fully immersive hallucinations or visions like this one on this particular day the charge in the air was so intense and seemed to be emanating from the bathroom so strongly that Doretta followed it like a trail of breadcrumbs and when she opened the bathroom door she saw the snake man from her dreams Oof. only he had no snakes this time okay what do you have I'm going to read this directly from the book because again sometimes I just have to do that because there's no point in paraphrasing these things He was sitting on the side of the tub, talking to a woman who was bathing. These were not ghostly apparitions, but holographic figures, fully formed, but not quite solid. The man was talking, obviously arguing with the woman, but I could not hear his voice. I could not see the woman's face, only the profile of her head and upper body. She had blonde hair and milky skin and long, slender fingers and elegant nails. The man was about 30 years old and not dressed as men dress today. The tub, too, was from another era. It was a deep oval 
that stood off the floor on claw feet. It was as if I had walked through a time warp. The sink was an older variety and there was a doorway leading to the adjacent bathroom. Oh, I guess they had like a toilet room and a bathroom. Ah. Like old fashioned. Okay. My aunt has it like that. Uh, yeah, I've been, a few few houses have that still. Anyway. <laughs> a doorway that we had long since closed off. For some reason, I was not afraid. They behaved like characters on a stage, oblivious of my presence, and vanished after a few seconds. A day or two later, the characters reappeared in the same positions. This time, the argument was more violent, and the man's face was contorted in rage. I stood in the doorway and watched as he stood up, bent over the woman in the tub, and began hitting her. From the adjoining bathroom, I could hear a little girl crying, Mommy, Mommy. Just like that. The man ignored the girl. He beat the woman and forced her down into the tub and held her head underwater until she stopped breathing. I was mesmerized. This had nothing to do with me. This was a motion picture projected into my space and I was merely a spectator, not a participant in any sense. The man lifted the woman from the tub and it was then that I noticed the opening in the bathroom floor. He tugged her towards the hole and was preparing to shove her limp body into it when the little girl ran into the room through the door that no longer existed. She was crying for her mother, but before she could reach her, the man picked up a shovel and swung it like a baseball bat into the little girl's face. The blow drove her backward into the wall, and blood splattered toward the ceiling. He first dragged the woman's body into the space beneath the house, and then the little girl's. After they disappeared beneath the floor, the room returned to normal, and the electricity was gone from the air. Wow. Right? That's intense. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. So, like, I don't know how you can see something like that mentally or otherwise and just go on about your day. <laughs> yeah. So this was within the few days, I, I think, within the few days between visiting Jordan for the first time and Jordan coming to the house. So when Jordan came to the house, Doretta and Ron decided that they would watch him like a fucking hawk because they still just didn't trust him all that much. And I guess they just didn't know what to even think. You know, when he came to the house, they were like, let's watch him and make sure he's not doing any magic tricks or something. He's not taking anything. And that, yeah. Not, not taking the, the silverware. silverware. <laughs> <laughs> um Anyway, he comes to the house with his friend, Terry. I don't know what that was. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. You're just delighted. Just delighted. Um, I just waved Dulce away. <laughs> like all coy and shit. Yeah, that was the campus hand movement I've ever done. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> anyway, he came to the house with his friend, Terry, and a little suitcase. And by the sounds of things, he did the whole like TV psychic stick a little bit, like walking around, reading the space. Although in his defense, I don't think that was really a common thing to see on tele on tele on telly at the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because this was still 1991. So, yeah. Anyway, then he told them that there was a little girl, three or four women, some men and some you don't want to know about. Oh, he mentioned the old man, which by now everyone but Ron had seen. 
and he told them that Ashley's room just needs to be blocked off. Like, don't use it ever again. Close the door. Forget about it. The fuck? There is no bedroom there. What? <laughs> yeah. Like, to me, that sounds like such a cop out, but it's like, no, fuck it. Yeah, it's a three bedroom house, not a four. <laughs> like, well, I mean, like, since they poured so much money into it. I would be. I Yeah, I don't know. I'd start and they're kind the of like rent or something. <laughs> <laughs> listen pal if you're not gonna pull your weight around here yeah i mean they're like sh- sh- over a barrel it's either put up with this shit or close the door off yeah yeah so i mean it is for the sake of their little girl yeah anyway and, and that's the cra- that's even scarier because it's like the room that your tiny little child is in yeah it's yeah. the most dangerous one i remember because they're also like Doretta and Ron are still sleeping on the living room floor at this point mm-hmm. because of the fire. So anyway, uh, Jordan goes on. He, he takes pictures, Polaroid pictures of the family, like individually gets them to sit in a chair. Ron and Stevens came out normal, but Ashley and Doretta's ones did not. Their faces were just blank, featureless smudges. Ooh. Yeah. And Jordan told them that this is because their energies are almost completely drained by whatever is in this house, whatever is using them to, to That's feed off. That's so weird. He then performed aura healings on them, which uh, th- this is where it kind of starts to lose me a little bit. Like I, I love the idea of these things, but when I'm like, this is a stranger in my house, you know, how much did we trust him? And so basically what happens was him and Terry would come up and put their hands like 10 or 12 inches from the people's faces and heads and kind of just like wave their hands around as if they were like waxing them yeah waxing them or like waxing a car rather yeah trying to like paint an egg around them Mm. and that was their aura paint an egg that's yeah (laughs) i i I envision their egg as i envision their aura as like an egg-shaped thing so and they're trying to fix it okay like physically they say like there's cracks in the aura and yeah. there's things getting in. Ah, uh, I so see it's your like egg analogy. So it's like trying to plaster it. Yeah. Um, I see your I, egg I analogy. I can be very black and white. Yeah. And, and I raise you it. an omelette. Oh. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but this was the first person who seemed to be actually trying to help. Yeah. So they all went along with it. Okay. When Jordan was done, he asked if he could use the bathroom. And Ron's like, yeah, it's over there. Suddenly, Ron jumps up and runs after him. The fuck? And when he gets to the hallway, they hear Ron shout, Oh, shit! And then he comes back into the living room looking like he just saw, seen a ghost. Because... He did? So, Jordan comes running back out of the bathroom. And he's like, well, what the fuck's going on? And Ron said, Oh, my God. I just saw it. He had seen the shadow, the head and torso... He saw it in the hall, standing or floating right in front of him before it just gradually disappeared into the wall. Nice. Yeah. There you go, Ron. Doretta Man's was playing fucking away. delighted. <laughs> she was over the moon. So did Ron run over there because he saw it? I guess he saw like something oh, pass by the door. And he was interesting. Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Yeah, because Jordan had already actually closed the bathroom door. Yeah, I'm like, why is he out. running after fucking <laughs> Jordan in the yeah, bathroom? Yeah, and so Doretta thought... Ron was just being extra, like, trying to keep an eye on him, make sure he wasn't up to, like... Stealing shit. Stealing shit or, or doing magic tricks in the bathroom. <laughs> I don't know. Um, he just comes out wearing a cape. Like. 
now it's time for <laughs> and a rabbit in one hand yeah anyway so like i said Dora, i keep going to call her dora the red out was delighted like now everybody had seen her and she was like fuck you ron <laughs> <laughs> and jordan again advised them before he left he said don't let them get to you they feed off your negative emotions don't fight amongst yourselves Pray often. Sprinkle holy water throughout the house regularly. Keep in touch with those priests. And play religious music in your house, like just at all times and in your cars whenever you're in them. Interesting. He told them that whatever this is, we'll try to provoke them, but they are to ignore it. And under absolutely no circumstances should they attempt to communicate with it. Jordan seemed to think that the old man entity in the house was actually a relative of the Reddas who did some awful shit to her when, when she was a child. And, you know, she was able to show pictures and he picked out the picture and said, this is the man and she agreed. So they all did as they were told. Like I was saying, Ron and the Redda are still sleeping on the mattress in the living room and then Ashley was brought out to sleep because they closed off her room. Yeah. And the activity just kept getting worse and worse and eventually Stephen started sleeping in the living room too. Remember, I think he's like 17 at this stage. Like, that's not... It must be bad for a 17-year-old kid to be like, oh, I'm just going to sleep out here with my mom and dad. And yeah, be like, yeah, he just relinquished his privacy essentially. Yeah. Safety and numbers and all that, but whatever like this this activity i can't even say like this one thing because it's just the house yeah kept them from sleeping like every night they would be kept awake by slamming doors random noises of crying the walls tapping etc so naturally tensions began to grow again like if i miss one night's sleep i'm unbearable to be around <laughs> like, yeah you know me too I mean? imagine this for weeks New phenomena were still occurring on the regular too. An unplugged radio seemed to pick up a mysterious signal one day. And again, Doretta thought she was losing her mind when she heard the static coming through. But then she heard a woman speak. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Help me. I can't get out of here. I need your help. Help me. I'm at the park and eat. Right? So What's the, that? The park and eat is like a sonic drive-in restaurant. Oh, park and eat. Park and eat. Okay. Yeah, but it's park and eat. So it was a long closed down drive-in restaurant across the street from the house. Doretta heard this fucking very troubling message, grabbed Ron and headed over there in the car thinking like, oh, maybe someone just needs a jump start or something. And they drove all around. They didn't find anything out of the ordinary, but the air was rife with this electrical charge. Even after they left the house, even over at the restaurant, she was looking in the windows and she didn't see anything. They went back to the house where they witnessed a sphere of light the size of a basketball appear in the hall near the laundry room. It drifted into the kitchen and floated aimlessly around the room, sliding down the walls and skimming across the ceiling. Smaller balls of light broke off from it and followed the larger ball. One of the lights formed into a kind of outline or silhouette that looked like a holly hobby doll which is a model of an old-fashioned little girl. She was standing sideways, and I could see the bow in her hair and the long dress with a pinafore down the front. Another light sphere formed into the shape of a man and then began whirling around the room. 
It wrapped itself around a wicker basket hanging on the wall. After a minute or two, the large light moved back toward the laundry room with the smaller orbs in line behind it. There, they dimmed, faded, and vanished. Her and Ron saw this. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, like, just these random fucking things. Yeah. And it just makes the list go on and on and on. So every time I read something new, I'm like, hold on, that's not even remotely like anything else that's been happening here. Yeah. Like, what? Just what? It's literally <laughs> like a buffet of varieties. Yeah, like I'm getting stressed out for this family. Yeah. Just reading what was going on. And so an- another morning while Ashley was still asleep and Ron and Stephen had already left, Doretta heard childlike footsteps running towards her and she felt a coldness pass through her. She looked around to find the little girl from before. Only this time, the little girl seemed to be just as shocked to see Doretta. Then she was gone. Hmm. Which is now breaking the boundaries of her original theory of, of the color, like fully holographic style visions that I'm having. Yeah. Are not interactive. But now all of a sudden, shit, this one this reacted. One is. Yeah, yeah. So around this time, Father John just shows back up at the house, totally unannounced. They hadn't heard from him in weeks. They just kind of thought that he'd been forgotten or that they had been forgotten about. A decision had been made. The Archbishop has taken matters to the superiors and an exorcism has been approved. Oh, shit. This was to be a top secret mission and she was not to tell anyone. Father John was only being told things on a need to know basis he was to expect a call from a mystery priest who deals with this type of thing. And that's all the information he had for her. But he just wanted her to be aware. Wow. And things were just not relenting. Ashley was waking up most nights saying she was being squeezed and something was biting her. And Stephen was terrified. Nobody was sleeping or eating properly. And finally, Doretta sent Ashley to go stay with Ron's mom. Stephen eventually went to the to her cousin Jenny, who had been trying to call in the last episode. Yeah, yeah, but um, the little girl kept saying she wasn't home. Yeah, yeah. And at this point, I feel like this is a real low point for Doretta. Like that's how she felt. She just thought, like, I'm, I failed. Like I've lost my children. And as always in these stories, it seems like the entities are just doing their absolute best to divide and conquer and it's working so father john called to say that they would be getting a call from father a they weren't even given a real name or anything like just be there like just wait for the Mm -hmm. call so at nine o'clock that night father a calls and in my notes in my paper notes i had written father a dash cunt (laughs) so he basically just berated Doretta. For not oh. being a good Catholic. Uh, for like, I think like a good hour or so on the phone. Told her the kids were bastards because her and Ron weren't married in the eyes of God. And uh, they hadn't been baptized and all this. And he was like, have you done any devil worshipping lately? <laughs> Are wow. you a Satanist? Wow. A Satanist? And all that. Like, she was just a cunt. And then... Yeah. He told her she needs to cut all communications with Jordan because he is only a charlatan. And he literally said, if you keep talking to him, I'm not going to do this for you. So he also told her that 
her case had been made a priority. They had been they had skipped a line of 157 other similar cases and the church were treating this very seriously and so should they, the family. I wonder what the other cases were. I mean, I don't know, but this is one of the most extreme cases I've ever fucking heard. Yeah, me too. But he went on telling her how good he was at like kicking devils in the balls or something and <laughs> how important he was and that they needed to be home at nine o'clock every night just in case he calls. How good he was at titty punching demons. <laughs> yeah. Titty slap, kapow. <laughs> <laughs> Judo chop. Um, <laughs> so anyway, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Um, <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, they, they did have their hands in all of the pies, but Loretta had borrowed one of their books from the local library because at the time it was one of the only books available. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was just called Ghost Hunters. It was just called Ghost, Ghost, Ghost. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she had read, like she said, bits and dribs and drabs of the book and got a general idea of what they were about. And she wrote a letter to the publisher and was like, please send this to Lorraine Warren. Like, I need help. And Lorraine was actually the reason why their case was getting recognized by the church at all. So Father John and Father Jeff had nothing to do with it. Like they came, blessed the place. And were like, fuck, man, I don't know. But yeah. And Lorraine just put in one good word. Interesting. And they were like, all right, we got you. The pull. The pull, yeah. She's like, I know a guy, don't worry about it. Um, but unlike the werewolf situation... And I will also say, I didn't know that Lorraine Warren had anything to do in this book. It it kind of took me by surprise as well. But in the werewolf situation, they had like their own special non-church affiliated exorcist priest guy. Mm -hmm. But this time it was actually like straight through the Vatican and the archbishop and all that. And they had been, Lorraine had reached out. They had spoken on the phone a few times. And she also felt that Jordan was a charlatan. And in her defense... In Lorraine's defense, Doretta was seeing him, I think, almost every week for aura cleansing sessions, which she was paying for. Ah. For her and Stephen and Ashley, I'm pretty sure. Definitely her and Stephen anyway. So I don't know. Like, it's so up in the air for me. Like, I don't know who to trust anyway. Yeah. At the best of times, like, even if it's a credit card company, I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> but... <laughs> When it comes to this, it's like, yeah, okay, she is paying for this aura cleansing. But at the end of the day, he was a friendly and sympathetic ear, if nothing else. You know what I mean? He Mm -hmm. was a safe space where she could go and talk about these troubles that she couldn't talk to anyone else about. Yeah. You know, so even if he is a charlatan, I'm sure there is some therapeutic value to it. Yeah. You know, he helped her in some way. Yeah, because otherwise she would have been completely alone i mean she probably paid the same amount that she would have paid had she gone to a therapist probably anyway on their way back from one of these aura clean aura cleansing sessions doretta was lost in thought thinking about how isolated she she was and how ron still didn't seem to believe what was happening even though he was witnessing it he was living in it when she felt his eyes on her he was driving down the highway and she looked at him and he just said I love you. And then he went back to driving. A few minutes later, she felt eyes on her again. But when she looked this time, 
she saw Ron was still staring straight ahead at the highway. On his lap was, quote, a dark, solid apparition, male, with its head cocked sideways, leering at Doretta, mocking her. Then it just merged with Ron's body. She told Ron, but Ron just stayed quiet, just ignored her completely. This sounds like a scene from Nightmare on Elm Street, and she's dreaming. It is very dreamlike. And, like, the thing that just stuck out of Ron is, like, Freddy. Yeah, it is kind of like that, especially, like, with the whole, like, taunting attitude and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, Ron just stayed completely quiet. And then, again, I'm reading from the book. Until we got home. He followed me from room to room, ranting and cursing. I'm so fucking tired. It's your fucking fault I never get any rest. It's your fucking fault I never get any sleep. Once again, I was afraid of him. But I was not going to reach for a knife this time. His mood had changed quickly in the car, as if the apparition that faded into him had taken over his personality. Hitting me last summer was completely out of character, as far into his nature as the rampage he was on now. Every time he cursed me, I said, Ron, I love you. I must have said it a dozen times or more, and gradually he began to calm down. He went to bed behaving as though nothing had happened. Like, (laughs) again... This is a whole new fucking experience. But it goes back to the first episode where these things would happen. And then, like, remember it happened with Stephen too. Yeah. Like, something would just take over them. Father A had been calling them every night and telling them how much of a demon ass kicking fucking legend he was. <laughs> but one evening he called and he was like, it's on, baby. I'm coming to town. One night only. Get your kids baptized. Get married under the eyes of God and get ready for a fucking show. <laughs> not quite that but <laughs> it wasn't and he just said a, it all like randy like yeah randy macho man absolutely. savage get ready for it i'm gonna be in town for one night only this is gonna be the best exorcism <laughs> get ready for it brother <laughs> come on brother <laughs> amen brother. no but so i don't know if he was quite like that but in my head that's how it came across. And if you don't know who Randy Man, Randy Macho Savage, Man Savage, Macho Man. He was actually he's, after my time. He's a wrestler. Yes, he was. He was. Uh, <laughs> so, no, he wasn't just coming for a one night thing, but he also didn't tell her when he was coming. Like, mm. this was still so secretive that he was like, I will be coming. Everything is arranged. You need to get your kids baptized. You need to get married. You need to get psychological analysis done. All this shit, like, again, we're taking it seriously. If you don't do these things, we're not doing it. Stop talking to Jordan. He's not my friend. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't even go here. Yeah. So, Ashley, at this point, wasn't in the house. Remember, her and Stephen are gone. Yeah. But she had only been gone about a week when Ron's mom called Doretta to come to the house and pick her up because Ashley was completely hysterical. And nothing would calm her down. She just wanted to go back home to her mom. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I think she's five at this point. You know what I mean? Poor thing. And Doretta went to go get her. The first night was fine. But on the second night, Ashley, Ashley said she could hear a snake hissing as Doretta was taking her out of the bath. Doretta couldn't hear anything. She's like, oh, maybe it's just like, you know, the noise your slippers are making on the fucking carpet or something. Like, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Shut up, kid. If they were snakes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
But at two o'clock that night, Doretta woke up to the sound of Ashley being strangled by what seemed to be an invisible snake. The gasps and choking woke her up. And when she did wake up, she could hear the hissing sound. Oh. And Ashley was trying to rip something away from her neck. But again, it was such an intense feeling that when she finally got free of whatever it was, she just began vomiting. Yeah. With, like the, the strain of it all. And so the following morning, Doretta told Ron they were leaving. Her and Ashley are going to go stay with her granddad. We're getting the fuck out of here. And for the next week or so, they stayed in different people's houses. They went to Jenny's house, Mar- the Marilee's house. They said they even spent a night in a hotel. And Ron was just in the house on his own. But then they decided they would just rent somewhere of their own until Father A came and sorted this fucking house out with his the best exorcism. <laughs> <laughs> so they did rent uh, this like, like cage event. <laughs> yeah, it's a TLC match. Tables, ladders, chairs. <laughs> Tables, ladders and crosses. Anyway, <laughs> they moved into this place that sounded fucking horrible. But they, they didn't even move in properly. Like they, they threw like a mattress on the ground and were like, fuck it, let's just stay here for a while. But they were still going to their house every day to use the laundry and to use the phone in that house. They didn't have a phone in the other house. And they still needed to get their nightly calls from Father A. But at least they would hopefully get rested. And it's November by now, still 1991. All of this whole episode took place between September and November. What? Yeah. Of one year? Of one year. That's wild. Yeah, like the whole other story took place over four years or something. Maybe five. I can't remember now. But anyway, this new place wasn't totally inactive. One morning, Ashley started complaining of being bitten and squeezed again. And it was like, oh, like my arm is fucking hurt me. Something's biting me. They take off her, her sweater and there'd be nothing there. Then her pants would start, like, so they take off her pants. They would strip her down and there would never be anything there. Mm-hmm. And it got to the stage where it would still be happening even when she was, like, just in her underwear. Yeah. You know what I mean? And she was still feeling these things. And Doretta said, like, she'd be spasming almost on the ground trying to stop whatever it was. And this particular day, Doretta was trying to distract her. She was, like, playing that words game, like, you know, okay, tell me a word that starts with A now be whatever okay just to try and calm her down and do do anything to get her mind off it and when they got to f ashley couldn't think of a word remember she is only five yeah so doretta said well what about fire and as she said this the little electrical heater in the bathroom started shooting sparks out and pouring out smoke now this is in the new place yeah the cars were still acting up. Uh-huh. Like, even in this particular case, she grabbed Ashley, got her dressed real quick, and was like, come on, we'll go to school. Like, just trying to distract her again and bring her to school. And as they were driving, they were driving past their actual house, and the car just stopped. Like, Whoa. the engine cut out, the doors were locked. They, Doretta was trying, like starting to freak out, thinking they were stuck in there. Yeah. And then she just turned the key, and it went again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just weird shit. She tried to call the priests again and be like, hey, like, come on, like, let's speed this shit up. But I mean, there was nothing they could do. I kind of feel like Father John or Father Jeff do like what I do in customer service on the phone. 
you know, people call in and are like, hey, we have this problem. We need to get it fixed now. And I'm like, well, the earliest availability I have is the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> but she still felt Jordan was the only one showing like genuine concern. Yeah. They had three weeks until Father A was to show up at this point. He was still making his calls in the evening and was supposedly able to describe the house like down to a T from dreams that he had had. And he would like describe a specific area of the property and be like, yeah, is this here? Is that there? And Doretta be like, yeah. So he said that whatever is in the house has been there since way back, like from when the Native Americans inhabited the area. Oh, wow. Like this is an old thing Now they keep saying it's around like two or three hundred years old. Mm -hmm. But I feel like maybe this is one of those areas kind of like Skinwalker Ranch where the Native Americans just knew not to go there. And oh. the white people were like, ha, 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 silly people. Yeah. We're just going to build houses anyway. And then they just have a terrible time. Yeah. And yeah. It's like, well, you deserve yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Yeah. So two weeks before Father A was to show up, all activity stopped. Everything went quiet. They were going to the house every evening. Nothing would happen. Their cars were fine. But Stephen had a car of his own at this point. And Doretta refused to let him drive it until they brought it to a mechanic and get it checked over and make sure everything was okay with it because of all the shit that had been happening in their own cars. Like tapes being chewed up and spit out. The radio would just like fucking go ham. The car would just shut off in the middle of the street. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And seatbelts hitting them in the face. Yeah, it just wasn't safe. Ron finally agrees to go and get it done. And the day they go to pick it up, Doretta and Ashley are in their car and Stephen is driving back and she makes a point of saying that at this point in his driving career Stephen was a very nervous new driver who drove super slowly so slowly that his own mom made fun of him for how slow he drove that's funny so he was to follow her back home but like I think stop off and pick up potatoes or something like that something very mundane so she wasn't surprised when she got back to the house and he wasn't there and wasn't right behind her but she stuck around outside waiting for him for like 10 minutes and still no sign of him. And when she went into the house, this was the the actual house where they owned, not the one they were renting. Mm -hmm. They were going there to do laundry. And as she opened the door, the phone was ringing. It was Ron. He had gotten a call from King's Daughter Hospital. Stephen was in a really bad crash and she needed to get to the hospital right away. When she got to the hospital, she was brought to Stephen he was covered in blood. He was on a backboard with a neck brace being x-rayed. She couldn't go into him. Now, he ended up being fine. But one of the people in the car that he crashed into had been killed. He was only 28. So when the Reddit got to the emergency room, this other person's family were in there screaming like and grieving for their child that they had just lost. And there was a bit of a kerfuffle. They wouldn't let... Ron and Doretta in to see Stephen again. And Ron hadn't got there at this point because he was still at work. He was working late. I don't think he realized how serious it was until Doretta called him back and said, no, like somebody died. So Ron shows up, walks straight past all the nurses, grabs Stephen out of the bed and just brings him home. <laughs> what? Yeah, I thought that was like the most insane fucking part of this whole thing. He's like, this is my kid. I'm bringing him home. But like, he has a neck injury. Yeah, right. Or a potential neck injury. Yeah. 
Luckily, he was fine. But when they did get him home, a cop showed up at the door. He came in and he was very nice, very polite, but he did read him his rights because he could potentially have been charged with vehicular homicide. He asked Stephen what had happened and Stephen told the officer he was driving along fine one minute and then suddenly the accelerator just hit the floor and the car just kept going faster and faster. Stephen was a relatively new driver. He was trying to reach down and pull the accelerator back up off the floor. He said no matter how hard he pulled, it was just stuck. The car just kept going faster and faster and faster. By the time he eventually lost control, he skidded, flipped three times in the air and hit this pickup truck head on. Whoa. Yeah, and the poor guy that died was ripped out of the pickup truck and his own truck landed on top of him. (gasps) Whoa. Stephen managed to get out of his car on the highway like when he kind of came to he was like kneeling down on the roof upside down like on all fours yeah completely free of seatbelt or anything i think he gets up and he's obviously in a terrible state but he's trying to like lift the truck off this poor guy on the ground Mm -hmm. like people had to physically stop him and calm him down until the ambulance arrived and he walked away basically unscathed but yeah, that was the the other fucking family were just so unfortunate. And the fact that they had just gotten it checked out that day, like he yeah. was literally leaving the mechanic shop. Mm-hmm. So they drove back to the rental property that night. Stephen and Ashley in the back, Doretta and Ron in the front. And Doretta said, we didn't run far enough. Next time we're going where it can't find us. And that's where we're leaving it. <laughs> this book is full of cliffhangers. Um, but yeah, so there you go. There's the people in the attic, part two. Part de. Part de. <laughs> um, yeah. What a is... banger. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to try my absolute best to get this wrapped up next week. No promises, but um, I want to try and get into some maybe juicy true crime. I did reach out and ask a few people like for suggestions on true crime. Um, we got a lot of Ted Bundy's and uh, a couple of Ed Gein's, Albert Fish, that kind of thing. I don't know if I will cover people like that. Yeah. I would rather cover someone that I haven't personally heard about because I'm selfish. Yeah. But uh, no, if you have a particular idea, definitely let us know. If you've ever read a book, a true crime book, and you're like, yo, dude, this is the one. Let us know what book that is. And we'll, yeah, uh, Adam's we'll into that. We'll rip it right out. Yeah, yeah Anto- <laughs> Adam's into that kind of shit. Yeah, um, big time. But no, I definitely want to get my teeth sunk into some true crime for Christmas time. And uh, thanks for putting up with us for our week off. And uh, yeah, just reach out to us. Let us know what how, how you're liking this new format. And all that kind of thing. Make sure to follow us on YouTube. This lull in content is very temporary. Yeah, follow us on YouTube, Weekly Creep, Adam and Dulce. Follow us on Instagram, Weekly Creep on Instagram. I don't know what what else to say. If you're listening, <laughs> on, if you're listening on iTunes. Also, thank you to the people who shared their uh, Spotify lists and most listened to thing. That, that was oh, yeah, the Spotify fuck. rap. And yeah. we were on it. Yeah, that, that was dope, man. really cool. Yeah. Especially A Bird in the Basement. 
because uh, we were on a pretty fucking whopper list there. Second only to last podcast on the left. Which I'd say is pretty damn good. Yeah, in my dreams. Um, no, so yeah, thank you guys. Um, let us know what you're doing for Christmas. Yeah. And uh, leave us a review on iTunes. All Are right. you doing anything interesting for Christmas? Yes, that is a hint to the extra creep that I'm dropping. Oh, yes. Tee <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for putting up with us. And uh, yeah, see you guys next week. Okay, bye. Bye. The only thing in the fucking... The only thing in the dump? <laughs> what? <laughs> self-sabotage <laughs> the only thing in the tub was a bar of soap and a washcloth that's what the word was supposed tub, to be yeah. <laughs> it's funny